Good evening, everyone. Broadcasting live, February 18th, 2016. Tonight's quote is about desire. Desire as a fetter. Um, probably the least appealing aspect of Buddhism that it emphasizes very much the disadvantages of liking that it negates our likes and it negates the significance or the validity of our desires of desire in general and anyone who gets in the way between us and our the objects of our desire um, it's generally not our most favorite person generally not met with a positive response so this this subject is one that we have to approach uh, with mindfulness when listening, when, when contemplating desire. We have to listen with care because it's very easy to fall into uh, prejudice and dissatisfaction. It's not nice to hear People, uh, it's not nice to hear, even if you intellectually accept it, it's not nice emotionally to have your desires uh, dis discarded or disregarded or made nothing of, made out to be dangerous. So how we look at desires in, in the world is that which brings us happiness. You know, it's our desires that lead to fulfillment, that lead to satisfaction. This is how we look at desires. We see the pleasure that they bring us. And we come to the conclusion, therefore, that satisfaction lies in that direction. Well, it stands to reason if you go mining for gold and you see flakes of gold it stands to reason that there's gold uh, and if you keep digging if you keep blasting into the earth eventually you'll strike it rich this is the idea behind this is how we make the jump from pleasure to happiness or contentment satisfaction 
So we get moments of pleasure and we think, oh, well, that, that means that you know, this is the direction that I need to be headed. And so we cultivate that. Oh, yeah, so that's a part of it, I think. But Buddhism, of course, looks at the whole subject a little bit differently and points out some uncomfortable truths about this path and about the, the presuppositions or the, the suppositions that we make in regards to desire. First of all, that a person who is who has a mind full of desire or lust doesn't see clearly so that it isn't really even i mean it isn't even entirely about our prejudice or about logic or reason or about misunderstanding it's just about a mind intoxicated when you're drunk it's not you don't the things you don't you don't do things uh, out of based on logic or even faulty logic you don't even think logically and so the argument for the chasing after our desires isn't even much of an argument there isn't even much of an argument and this is why addicts know that and will tell you that they are uh, on the wrong path. But they can't stop themselves. They can't help themselves. And so Buddhism isn't, I mean, it isn't, doesn't have to be presented. And if you present it just theoretically, it comes off as somewhat harsh and unappealing of course unappealing to those of us who are for uh, to, to the extent that we're still addicted to things but if you approach it in this way of, of helping people to admit what they already know and that's that they're not being satisfied and that they are addicted and um, to see clearly, without judgment, without prejudice, without even relying on any theory, just to see clearly what's, what's happening. What is this path of chasing after our desire? And so that's how Buddhism approaches addiction, desire in general, ambition, Anything to do with, with wanting, liking. To, to, just, to just study. You know, if you have an addiction, as you're engaging in it, rather than feeling guilty or hating yourself or getting angry, all of which do very little to solve the problem, study it. Look at it objectively. Look at your reactions. Look at your emotions. Look at the pleasure that you get. And not only will you see that you're not being satisfied, uh, that, that, that you're not, that the pleasure that you're getting is not permanent, 
but also that the pleasure itself is inconsequential, is meaningless. It's not even all that attractive. You lose your attraction to the pleasure as you look at it objectively, of course, because you're no longer judging it. It's funny, I mean, you, you can explain it this way, that it's okay, if you want to want things, that's fine, but study them and be sure that it's right to want those things. But as soon as you study them, of course, you're objective all of a sudden, and you no longer want. It shows a fault in the very framework of desire, that it's, it's already not objective. It's already not looking at things clearly, intrinsically. You can never argue that you could objectively want something. Because if you're objective, you don't want it, right? You're neutral. So the, this this idea of studying things, this is sort of where this quote comes from. This quote is one aspect of how we study desire. And uh, that's in terms of the three times. This is from the Nguttar Nikaya Book of Three, is the Tikanipata. And we turn to the, the actual sutta is, I think, a little bit... This is an abbreviation, this quote. Uh, but, but basically it says you can desire and lust. Desire arises in regards to things, three things, in the from the past, from the future, and from the present. So uh, things that have already passed, you can have desire for them. And so acknowledging this, and, and differentiating the three times is one way of allowing you to um, be objective about it, to see exactly what's going to be precise. Uh, this is coming about because of a memory. This is coming about because of a plan and a future ambition. Maybe. This is coming about because of a present experience. That's where, it's one way of explaining where desire comes from. You have desire based on things in the past, wanting them to happen again. Boy, we had such a good time, or I had such a good meal, or, or uh, you know, I really like that person, or saw that beautiful thing, or heard that beautiful sound. And we have desire for it. Desire arises. And desire might not even be the best. Maybe lust or infatuation. Though those are somewhat pejorative, although it is a it is a negative sort of thing, but the point is just a, an, an attachment. Maybe attachment is the best because desire. If you have something, you can't really say that you desire it. You can say you're attached to it. So there's two different aspects in English. We differentiate. If you desire something, it means something you don't have. But if you have something. You don't desire it, you like it, or you enjoy it, or something. But it's the same same mind state. So this, this mind state of attachment or clinging or stickiness can be about things in the past, can be about things that haven't even come yet. Ambitions we have, desires for the future, people who don't have something that they want. Well, we, constantly, right? This sort of thing is incessant. Or it can be in the present. You experience something and you like it. This is where the, it changes to what we call liking. Same, same mind state. But if it's about something in the present, it's what we call it liking. Now, the interesting thing is, how we understand them to be the same, is that you don't actually um, 
desire something. You, something arises, whether it be a memory or a plan or an experience in the present, and right after that, there arises a clinging to that experience. And the clinging to that experience uh, is what gives rise to the seeking, to the, the, the turning yourself in the direction so that that experience can be repeated. But it's just a, it, it's actually a reaction to us to something that you experience. Uh, you don't desire the la the thing that you are lacking, right? So suppose I uh, suppose I had good food this morning, and I'm hungry again, so I want to go and get it. Right? It's not the food that I'm going to get that I want. It's the, 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 the picture in my mind that I cling to, that I like. I see a picture of a hamburger in my head, and I really like that picture. I, I like the, I remember the taste, and I really like that taste. I really like the thought. There's a, a liking that happens. And this is, a, it may seem pedantic, but it's actually quite important because it points to what's really going on. You can't be mindful of that hamburger that's in the restaurant but you can be mindful of the thought. You can be mindful of the attachment to this image or this thought or this taste that comes about. So in regards to the, whether it's the past or the present or the future, it's still just in the present moment. And in this moment is when this moment is when we be mindful of our, of our desires, or wanting, wanting, or liking, liking, or happy, happy, or pleasure, pleasure, or feeling, feeling. One thinks about and mentally examines things in the past that are the basis for desire and lust. As one does so, desire arises. So it arises based on that thing, whether it be in the past or the future or the present. When desire springs up, one is fettered by those things. Yes, so then, then it leads one to focus one's attention on those things and on the attainment of similar experiences. So I have the picture of the, of the experience of this thought about the hamburger I want those sorts of experiences and experiences like them, where I actually taste the hamburger. And that's a fetter. We get bound to that. And we, can't, we can't be free. And because there's so many of these, we're constantly reaching out, constantly seeking out. It's only through meditation, through being objective, that we can free ourselves from this, that we can break free and... and release ourselves from these bonds. And then he goes on to talk about how desire does not arise. How does it not arise? One understands the future result of things in the past that are the basis for desire and, and lust. Having understood the future result, one avoids it. So 
by understanding it and by seeing cause and effect, by seeing the nature of these things, one loses one's attachment to it. Again, through meditation practice. Having avoided it, one becomes dispassionate in mind, and having pierced through with wisdom, one sees panyaya ativijha asati. These little gems that you find in the Anguttara Nikaya. Anguttara Nikaya is full of lists, but it's not just lists, it's nuances and, and uh, pithy sayings of the Buddha. Anyway, the important point, desire is to be studied, anger is to be studied, delusion is to be studied, defilements are to be studied. You study the things that you desire, you study how they work together, how desire works and so on. You'll lose all interest in it. You don't have to feel bad or guilty about it. And just give it up. Does anyone not hear the live stream? People don't hear the live stream? What happened to the live stream? Oh, no. Oh, it's on the wrong stream. Hello? Sorry, I'm having terrible problems with my audio. It was just a mistake. I forgot to switch it over. Live stream's now up. So I recorded 16 minutes of silence. That'll be on my website. The Hangout's up if anyone wants to come on and ask a question or I guess even just say hi. You can go ahead and back. Otherwise, I'm going to head out. Hello, Bonte. I had you on YouTube, so I got it all. Oh, good. I know. I went to the website first, and it was not there. Yeah, yeah. I was just fiddling with my audio, and then it was late, and I didn't have enough time to. Still trying to get the audio working on. I was working, but yeah, well, you know. You have to turn YouTube off if you're what if you're joining the Hangout, Tom. Okay. Okay. Is that better? You've got it playing in the background somewhere. I think uh, I get rid of that. Sorry. There we are. 
Yeah, that sounds better. Okay, sorry. Technophobe here. Yeah, well, let's see. <laughs> We're all having troubles. <laughs> so Tom, Simon, Larry, hey guys. I don't suppose any of you actually has questions. I do. Okay, give me a question. Uh, my question is, uh, this is a long-standing issue for me. I'm, uh, I, I like to follow current events, let's say. Okay. Um, and I, it still has a, a fair amount of appeal to me. Uh, so what happens is it, it ends up being something I'm mulling over throughout the day. So I think I know the answer to this, but should I, just like any other form of entertainment, I guess, uh, should I just decrease it or eliminate it? What would your observation be on that? Yeah, moderate it. Depends what your level of commitment is. Obviously, during a meditation course, you would not have any connect con uh, any uh, what is it? Um, curiosity. Any engagement in in uh, current events. So you know, it's a distraction. It's probably not going to uh, hurt your practice, but it's going to. No, it'll take time out of your practice because you can't really easily be mindful when you're engaging in whatever, when you're studying, when you're uh, watching the news. Well, mostly it's reading or going on the internet for the most part. Um, so it's it's the one thing in particular that hasn't fallen away. So I'll just leave it at that and I'll, I'll be mindful of... I've been kind of grappling with it. it. It just has a certain allure for me, so mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that. Sure. But you know, it wouldn't be too hard on yourself. You, know? you, you, you start, you take on layers. Are you, you know, are you keeping the five precepts? That's the first thing you have to ask yourself. Once you're keeping the five precepts, you're pretty good to go. I mean, then, yeah, how much do you want to keep the eight precepts? Do you want to keep them once a week? Um, or do you just want to start reducing things like food and entertainment and sleep? Entertainment has pretty much fallen away, so I'll, I'll stop talking about myself and let somebody else jump in. No, it's a good question. Uh, because it is easy to get caught up in current events, news. People. Yeah. My mom's watches a lot of news. And it's not like it's an obsession. I mean, it's not hurting her right as a person. Just kind of gets in your way. Thank you. Anybody else got questions? All right. Anybody got comments? No comments, no questions. Well, that was an excellent uh, talk. Oh, thank you.
and it was good for me anyway. Yep, thank you, Bante. That's a good talk. Thanks. It made me think about food. Were <laughs> you salivating over my cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good image. <laughs> That's definitely interesting to, to hear about. Made it easy to visualize, for sure. Funny once you once you become a Buddhist, it's really funny watching your how your mind works. Yep. All the other stuff, all the stuff that we used to think was me was I now becomes like your your uh, your lab study. Like, yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely interesting how the practice. It's it's kind of has, has layers to it uh, mm -hmm. as you go along. Yeah, certainly does. Okay, well, have a good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you, Bante. Good night, good night. Bante. Thank you. Good night, Bante.